जय राधा माधव जय कुंज बिहारी जय जय राधा माधव जय कुंज Jana, Jaya, 
ಯಶೋರನಾಂದನ ಜಯ ಬ್ರಜ ಮ 
Ram Ram Hare 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 Krishna Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Priraj Kacharya Shota Shota Shishimad His Divine Grace Shilesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Shila Prabhupada Ki Harinam Sankatana Ki Samaveda Bhaktivinda Ki Gaura Premanande Hari Haribo all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishi, Guru, and Guranga. 
All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritam Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devam Sarzatim Vyasam Kato Jayamudirayet Nasvareshu Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavat Uttama Shoke Bhaktir Bhagavati Ahaituki Anaishtiki So reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12, Chapter 13, last chapter, look how much pages we got left. <laughs> this, this is a glossary after. <laughs> yeah, credits are showing. Verses 11 through 12. Adya Madhya Vasaneshu Vairagya Kyana Samyutam Hari Lila Katabrata Mityanandita Satsuram Sarva Vedanta Saradyad Brahma Atma Katya Lakshanam Vastvadityam Tanishtam Kaivaila Kayam Prayojanam. So Adi, what does Adi mean? Original or beginning or starting with? Yeah. Madhya. Middle. Yeah. And Avaneshu means the end. Vairagya. Renunciation. Okay. Akyana means, means narrations. What does Samyutam mean? Samyukta, yeah. Complete. Like it was called Samkirtan. Prabhupada says, he speaks on Sankirtan. He said it's Sam. Sam means Samyukta. Full. Full of or complete. Hari Lila. Hari Lila. Pastimes of Lord Hari. Katha Vrata. Of many discussions. Amrita. Nectar. Anandita, which are made ecstatic. Sat Suram. So these are two categories of beings. Suram is suras, as means devotees, or demigods, and sat means the saints, or saintly devotees and demigods. 
Sarva Vedanta. All the Vedanta. Sarva Vedanta. Saram. Essence. Like it is, uh, there's a song, Sarva Dharma Sar. What is it? What is that song? Jiva Doya Krishna Nam. Sarva Dharma Sar. Sar is the essence. There's, I think, um, or there's, a, a, what is that? Parama Karuna Pahudijana Nittai Gaura Chandra Sava Avatara Sarashiromani Sava Avatara Sarashiromani Kevalananda Kanda Somewhere it's there, it's in there, that's in Sar. Um, yet, which Brahma. Absolute truth, yeah, spiritual. Atma ekatva. You're the translator. Atma is uh, self, and eka means, and ekatva means like oneness. So, in terms of non-difference of the spirit soul. So there's a oneness of the spirit soul. Lakshana, Lakana, Lakshana, means uh, characteristic. Vastu means the reality. Advityam means one without a second. Tanishtam, having that as its prime subject matter. Kevalya, exclusive devotional service, holy or completely pure. Eka, one. Prayojana, ultimate goal, like that. end goal. So we read the translation. From the beginning to end, the Srimad Bhagavatam is full of narrations that encourage renunciation of material life, as well as nectarian amounts of Lord Hari's transcendental pastimes, which give ecstasy to the saintly devotees and demigods. This Bhagavatam is the essence of all Vedanta philosophy, because of its subject matter is the absolute truth, which while non-different from the spirit soul, is the ultimate reality, one without a second. The goal of this literature is exclusive devotional service unto that absolute truth. Purport. Vairagya, renunciation, means giving up everything that has no relationship, no relation with the absolute truth. Saintly devotees and demigods are enthused by the nectar of the Lord's spiritual pastimes, which are the essence of all Vedic knowledge. Vedic knowledge elaborately negates the ultimate reality of material things by emphasizing their temporary, fleeting nature. So does Vedic knowledge say everything is unreal? 
No, it says. So it negates its reality by emphasizing the temporary, fleeting existence. The ultimate goal is vastu, the factual substance, which is advitiyam, one without a second. That absolute truth is a transcendental person far beyond the mundane categories and characteristics of personality found in our pale material world. Thus the ultimate goal of the Srimad Bhagavatam is to train the sincere reader in love of Godhead. Lord Krishna is a supremely lovable because of his eternal transcendental qualities. The beauty of this world is a dim reflection of the unlimited beauty of the Lord. Without compromise, Srimad Bhagavatam persistently declares the glories of the absolute truth and is therefore the supreme spiritual literature awarding a full taste of the nectar of love of Krishna and full Krishna consciousness. Om Jnana Timurandasya Jnana Jnana Shalaka Chakshumitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruvayim Namaha So here we read the translation again from beginning to end. The Srimad Bhagavatam is full of narrations that encourage renunciation of material life as well as nectarian amounts of Lord Hari's transcendental pastimes which gives ecstasy to the saintly devotees and demigods. This Bhagavatam is the essence of all Vedanta philosophy because its subject matter is the absolute truth. While being non-different from the spirit soul is the ultimate reality, one without a second. The goal of this literature is exclusive devotional service unto that supreme truth. So this July 3rd is called Gundicha Marjan. On July 4th is Rathyatra in Jagannath Puri. So when Lord Chaitanya is here, he had the Gundicha Marjani, the cleansing of the temple. And so first they cleansed the big pieces. Uh, they, you know, they gathered all the you know, quite visible pieces of dust, swept it up really nicely, made a big pile and eliminated it. But then they cleansed the whole temple a second time. And they got the finer pieces of dust. So this can, can be compared to that a person in the beginning of Krishna consciousness, they, they give up just the, 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 practice the four regulative principles. Those are like the big pieces of dust. No, no intoxication, no cigarettes. I, uh, Prabhupada says in the books, no coffee, no cigarettes, no alcohol. Sometimes devotees think, I don't know. <laughs> Close their eyes and they see that. <laughs> so he says all these things. So those are the big pieces of dust. But then there's the finer pieces of dust, which is the, the greater hurdles that we have to overcome. Like, uh, practicing humility, trinada, bisuni, chena, dealing with others. For example, uh, Kadamakanana Swami. When he, he said he was reading Prabhupada's books. And he was so enthused. And he decided, I'm going to move in the temple. 
I'm going to be in association with like-minded people. And so then he joined the temple and he said, Oh man, why is this guy here? <laughs> this is not like-minded. I don't like him. <laughs> why did he have to join? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought it was everybody who thinks just like me. <laughs> why does that guy have to join? I don't like that guy. <laughs> so, uh, in the, in, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Jnana Vigyana Chiptatma Kutoshto Vijitendriya. Uh, Jnana Vigyana Chiptatma Kutoshto Vijitendriya. What's the next line? Kutoshto. Yukta ichi ute yogi samalosht ashmakanchana. So jnana vijnana, uh, their knowledge, their, their, their spiritual discrimination. And then vijnana, the thing that, uh, that, that knowledge applied in experience, jnana vijnana triptatma, taking great satisfaction in that triptatma, they're becoming satisfied in themselves. Uh, jnana vijnana triptatma, Kutoshta, they're getting spiritually situated. Vijitendriya, they're conquering the senses. Yukta ichute yogi, that person is called a yogi. The one who is engaged in this way. Soma loshtrashma kanchana. Some of, I mean, it's the same. He, he sees with equal vision. Loshtra, loshtra, uh, ashma kanchana, means stones, pebble, and kanchana, gold. So who says that? He said that uh, this is his vision. But the next verse it says, Suhit mitrari udasena madhyashta dveshtu bandushu sarusvapishapapeshu samabudir vishishate. But this next level is way more elevated. That person who sees people equally, yeah, the stones, the stone is not going to you know, give you a hard time. So it says, Suhrit, those who are very, um, well, great well-wishers of us. Mitrari, those who, uh, actually do good for us and our friends. Uh, Mitra, Mitra and Ari, those who are killers, murderers. Suhrit Mitra, Ari, Udasina, those who are neutral, meaning like if you get in a fight, they're not going to interfere. <laughs> they're like, okay, I don't want to be, I'm neutral. I'm neutral mean I don't even care. You just do your thing. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, they just maybe get the camera. Suhitmitari <laughs> udasina. Uh, and madhyashta, those who are mediate. You know, they, they mediate. They maybe not you know, have a particular affection for either, but they mediate. Suhitmitari udasina. Madhyashta dveshu. Dvesha means those who you should envy because they want to harm you. You should hate them. Dvesha. Dvesha means not their hate. Meaning you should hate them because they want to harm you. You should be like, man, I don't like that. Dvesha. Bandushu. Family. And those who are friends like family. Uh, sadhu. The saintly. And Svapape. The, the sinful. Uh, that yogi, he sees all of them 
equally, he's even more elevated. So here it is stating that basically Krishna consciousness, it is natural, but it can be, it may take courage to surrender. It may, may take some courage to, um, to become, not just give up the four regulative, you know, follow the four regulative principles, but then take on all these other things that are coming, the finer parts. Um, for example, when I joined the temple, there was three things I was attached to. My motorcycle, my house, and the girlfriend. So all those things became a big source of trouble. And then I say, okay, I give up, I give up. But then I got the motorcycle fixed. You know, I crashed the motorcycle, but then it got fixed. So I was living with, you know, 30 other brahmacharis. We had a van. We have a temple way out in the, out the country on the very, it was a seven bedroom house on the top of the hill. And there was a snow capped mountain and the temple room, two sides of the walls were all glass windows. And you, have, you can see the mountain and then you see there's a, couple acres of land that the temple is on and the landlord has some Christmas tree forest or beautiful place. And I was thinking, okay, what how can I use this motorcycle for Krishna? The desire was still there. Somehow somehow I can use this motorcycle for Krishna. But I didn't have any good reason to have it. You know, living thirty other people traveling in a van, you know one brahmachari doesn't need a motorcycle. Um, so finally, Janmashtami came around. And our, our, uh, all of our festivals, uh, at least 80% of the people there were not members of the Vedic culture. <laughs> they were all local people. So we had, yeah, a huge Janmasmi coming up. So we, I, I just said, oh, now I can use this motorcycle. And so I drove it down to Salem, Oregon to put up posters at the record shops, you know, Janmasmi festival, Krishna festival. I don't know what we, how we advertised it. Come to Krishna's birthday or something. And, um, so usually you put like a, when you lock your motorcycle, you don't make sure nobody takes it. You put a little, there's a little lock you put on the brake. So I was at the uh, record shop and I said, okay, I'm going to drive off really cool and fast. <laughs> I just drive like two feet, boom! <laughs> lock was on the brake. <laughs> now when I, before even driving to Salem, I didn't find that same joy anymore. But it's still there was some, you know, hope, hope that I'll enjoy. And that is our, that is our, what is hurting us in our spiritual life is that we hope to find some, we always have some hope, yes, but maybe there's some material enjoyment right around the corner. We have that hope that, yes, I can still enjoy it in this world. So therefore we have to take courage. We, we can, it requires some, some faith to practice. And it is also, uh, Krishna says it is directly perceived, but it's also 
there is faith involved, meaning that not everything you're going to get right away, and you might have to experience some lessons before you uh, get that joyful return. For example, somebody moves in the temple, and they may be asked by their own spiritual master to do things that they feel, oh, that is not my nature. But for the sake of Krishna, we are not just fair-weather friends. You know, Krishna, you know, when I when I like you, then I do something for you. But if you, you ask me something that, you know, I don't want to do, then I'm not your friend anymore. Or whatever is for Krishna's sake. Sometimes that may be, there are two types of swadharmas. There's the swadharma according to your body's nature. And then there's a swadharma according to the soul's nature, just to serve Krishna. According, uh, there's swadharma that is given by the spiritual master. Duties given by the spiritual master. Like a Mukundadatta, not Mukundadatta, um, um, Mukunda Goswami, he writes in his book that he had this, uh, he had been in London and they finally got, after sleeping in sheds, not sheds, but like a warehouse, cold, there's rats, it's, they're, they're in very horrible conditions, they don't really have any money, they don't really know anybody, they don't even really know how to like, how do we communicate with these British people, like, how do, because in America it was just like, you go out to the park and you just bang on some drums and then everybody was all kind of like straight laced in England and they're like, well, okay, we don't, actually, uh, Prabhupada told Mukunda Goswami he had this old brown jacket, and he told him to get rid of it. He said, first dress, then address. <laughs> he said, especially if you're talking to these British people, you need to, you know, clean up yourself a little bit. <laughs> They're not going to listen to you. If you look all, you know, kind of homeless, hippie style. You know. And so there were so a lot of struggles, but eventually they had this temple. And so Mukunda Goswami uh, was was he was there was he was satisfied Mukunda Prabhu at that time, and so then he got a um, invitation to attend the Alibaba or is it Alibaba School of Music in Berkeley, which is like some kind of uh, Indian music school that just sitar all kinds of things like, which is his dream, and he was so excited. He's like, okay, now we got the temple. Let me go there and I'll make an album. Prabhupada could be on the album. It's going to be great. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, so he wrote Prabhupada about it. All excited. And so let's see. Let's see. Let's, let's just, I'll, I'll read you what Prabhupada wrote him. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Okay. 
Ali Akbar, College of Music in Berkeley, Berkeley. All expense paid vacation to warm, sunny California seemed like the perfect respite for all the hard work I've been doing in England for the past nine cold gray months. Bless out Sishulu Prabhupada too. And since Dinesh had invited him to sing on the few tracks, I immediately wrote a enthusiastic letter of acceptance. Then a few afternoons later, I came home to find a letter from Srila Prabhupada waiting for me. It, I tore open the envelope in excitement, and then my heart sunk. Quote, I have seen your letter to Dinesh, dated 26 June 1969, and I am a little bit disturbed in my mind. That this record rec- recording business is not our line. So you should not divert your attention for the time being for such things. After a great struggle, you now have got a nice place for the London temple. And if you leave now, your other co-workers, God brothers and God sisters will be discouraged. I know that you are a musician and naturally you got a tendency for musical entertainment. But at the present moment, our main business is to push the Sankirtan movement. Music is one of our items for chanting, but we are not musicians. We should always remember this fact. The best example is that we take advantage of the typewriting machine, but that does not mean we are professional typists. I re- so I repeatedly request you not to divert your attention to this matter at the present moment. Prabhupada's letter was like a punch in the face. I folded it carefully and put it back in the envelope. By my measured hand movements disguised the turmoil and disappointment that had risen like a squall inside me. And a few days since I received Dinesh's invitation, I had become attached to the prospect of getting out of England. And now Prabhupada was telling me in unequivocal terms that leaving England was not an option. I repeatedly request you not to divert your attention to this matter at the present moment. That sentence hammered in my head in a loop over the next 24 hours, methodically nailing door the, the, close the entrance to California. The next afternoon, I trudged through a bury place through a nearby park, trying to reconcile myself with Prabhupada's request. It was obvious that he was asking me to stay in London because he was pleased with what we were accomplishing. The record, record with George Harrison, the bury place building were both major milestones in the project to establish Krishna consciousness in London. Hearing him say that my brother, God brothers and God sisters would be discouraged, even by such a short absence, also made me feel important. He wanted me to stay, not only because I was needed, but somehow he considered me a positive influence on others. My ego was flattered, and I realized that even though I was angry about not being able to escape this dreary island, deep down, I really didn't want to let them or Prabhupada down, especially now that we had just found a temple. Actually, when the reporters saw Prabhupada in London, they said something, what is hell? And he said, this is hell. (laughs) And he said, uh, in a lecture, he said, you've just, you've just gone other to other countries and exploited people, taking their money, and you've put some buildings there. Therefore, you think it's nice, but this is hell. <laughs> what has affected me most, what, what had the most indelible ring of truth was it, was Prabhupada's metaphysical statement that, quote, 
We take advantage of the typewriting machine, but does that mean that we're professional typists? I've done a lot of typing for Prabhupada, but I've never thought myself a typist. I tried to get donations for the temple, but I've never thought myself as a businessman, entrepreneur, or fundraiser. I've always thought of myself as a musician, but I knew with certainty that my deeper identity was a servant of Krishna. If I thought in these terms, Srila Prabhupada's letter made sense. In his capacity as a spiritual master and emotional teacher, he was asked me to act in the interests of Krishna rather than my own interests. Up until now, I've always done more or less whatever felt good to me. I realize now that surrendering was much more than being a fair weather friend. It was about moving to the beat of Krishna and my spiritual master. And then the story goes on. So that is, uh, those are the finer pieces. But here it is encouraging us that it's actually our nature to do all that, to completely surrender to Krishna. It's our nature, but it takes some courage to, to leap towards him. Therefore, we, we, we have to uh, constantly read, chant. Therefore, it gives us more courage to, because it's, you know, that statement, although if you have like a bunch of little sticks, it's hard to break. So it's not just the association. The little forms of surrender will, will prepare us for bigger forms of surrender. But if we're not doing the little forms of surrender, no, 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 I don't, no. Because Krishna, they say, Krishna, it's not what you give to Krishna. He's looking, what are you holding back? He wants 100%. <laughs> so what are you holding back? You know, no, 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 this is my, I got my little stash here. My little stash of independence here from you. Krishna, I'm independent from you. You, know, you can't take that away. So he's looking at what we're holding back and seeing, oh, how can I purify that in the future? Therefore, it is called Upanishad. Upanishad, the word Upanishad means to sit real close. Now, what happens if you sit real close to the spiritual master? It can be dangerous. It's good to stay far away because he may, you know, give you a harsh slap and just with his words. And Prabhupada was so harsh with his uh, leading disciples. There was a bunch of disciples in Mayapur. And he said, why is this plant yellow? I don't know. Because you didn't water it. I didn't know. No, I didn't know I was supposed to water these plants. It's all under your responsibility. <laughs> yelling there. Like, so Prabhupada was so harsh with his, uh, those who were very close. But he was giving purification that we, that we have to be fully conscious and then fully conscious of Krishna. So Upanishad, you sit close to the spiritual master. If the, what is the verse in uh, Bhagavad Gita? 
ತಾಧ್ವಿನಿ ಪ್ರಣಿಪತೇನ ಪರಿಪಶ್ನೇನ ಸೇವೆಯ ಉಪದಕ್ಷಾಂತಿ ತೇ ಜ್ಞಾನಂ ಗಣಿನಸ್ತತ್ವದರ್ಶನ ದಟ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಒನ್ ದ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಲ್ ಮಾಸ್ಟರ್ ಸೀಸ್ ದಟ್ ಹ್ಯುಮಿಲಿಟಿ ವಿತ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಗಿವನ್ ವಿತ್ ವಿತ್ ಸೇವೆಯ ವಿತ್ ಸರ್ವಿಸ್ ದೆನ್ ಹಿ ಫೀಲ್ಸ್ ಓಕೆ ದಿಸ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಕೆನ್ ಎಕ್ಸೆಪ್ಟ್ ಇನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಕ್ಷನ್ ಬಟ್ ಅಮ್ ಫಾರ್ ಐ ಡೋಂಟ್ ನೋ ಇಫ್ ಐ ಕೆನ್ ಟೆಲ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಎನಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ್ you sit on the vyasa side and he tells you can't have divorce that is uh, a dharma that is dis- that's destroying and then one devotee asks prabhupad can i have a divorce and prabhupad you didn't say no and the devotee asked why did you say that he said if i told him uh, no then he would have done it anyway and then he would have made a bigger offense of disobeying guru so we want to be in a position that our guru our our or even our shiksha gurus those who give us spiritual instruction that we can hear it i can get you no know. so that's one of the you know if you move into a temple a lot of things become quicker maybe if in the brahmachari stage that's why we have the four ashrams because brahmachari stage means that you just learn don't talk back <laughs> you don't talk back you just listen uh no no sass talk um <laughs> uh, no this person he is he joined a year before you senior devotee don't talk back <laughs> and it helps us get out of because we actually live like animals eating sleeping mating defending we're always in this defense stage if we're not actively defending in our mind we're always thinking what if someone says this to me i will say something this we we just imagine scenarios in our mind of defense and we're making you know we're we're defending things that are not even happening we just uh, imagining different scenarios if this person ever says that to me i will say this but it's not even happening it's just going on in our imagination so we're uh, in this defense mode which is animistic fear and what happens that if you do meet very sincere senior devotees then oftentimes you can find that a person can give you an instruction without any malice their only their only concern is for your well-being yet they'll give you they'll say something that is very cutting to the it's like a surgery it cuts out chunks of the false ego it's painfully blissful but we miss out on that unless we we put ourselves in that position brahmacharya is a natural position to be told something once you're out of the brahmacharya ashram then you're no longer in that natural position other than the relationships that you've developed with your spiritual master and other senior devotees for example there was this kid that was coming to the temple regularly and he had uh he had the fat temple cat on the prasadam table and he was putting food in its mouth <laughs> but if you're not a person's teacher then it's not a good program to tell people what to do because a new person comes and they say i come here and hundreds of people are telling me don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that and then they get burned out you know, all these different rules don't point your feet at the 
Didis, don't have the book on the floor. Don't put your fingers in your mouth. Don't then touch the book with your fingers in your mouth. Don't take the beads in the bathroom. Don't do this and that. And then they're just, ah, I'm out of here. This is crazy. A person should have a relationship. Uh, In the Bhagavad Gita 17.15, it says, Anadvegam karam bhakyam satyam prihitam chayat swadaya vyasanam chayva vanmaya tapuchate. There are different austerities of speech. And Prabhupada says in the purport that, uh, that the teacher, he can say something that is agitating to the mind. Anadvegam. Because he speaks also hitam, that is beneficial. Things that are beneficial and satyam, truthful. Because he's the teacher. He says, if you're not a teacher, then you shouldn't go around telling people what to do. If you don't have some kind of relationship that they can somehow hear. Sometimes emergency circumstances, you see somebody walking. They're on top of a roof, looking at their phone, making a selfie. They're about to fall off. And people do that all the time. You know, taking a selfie. They, they fall off a cliff, die. You can go scream at them. Hey, stupid fool, look where you're going. Speak, don't speak, uh, uh, priyam, don't speak very dear and, uh, non-agitating. No, you scream very loud, make it agitating. Whoa, whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes emergence, different circumstances. So, in that, if one has that relationship, then one can hear. This, Mataji was here, uh, Mother Devaki, she has a book about mentors. That we always want to have some relationship where we can learn from somebody. Not that we have our walls everywhere. We have our fortress wall. No one can ever tell me anything. Not my guru, not anybody. No, we should eagerly seek out a way to establish some kind of relationship with somebody that we can learn from in all stages of life. Not just Brahmastari stage, because... For most people, most people don't even get a chance to be a brahmachari. So even the practice of listening, you know, that's given in that ashram, we don't get even a chance for that. So we want to have that situation. So here we got a purport by Vishnat Chakravati Thakur on this verse. So I'll read it. Translated by Banu Swami. This verse speaks about the subject matter and goal. The hus, vrata, of topics concerning the pastimes of the Lord is sweet. The devotees who are called devatas become blissful because of these topics. The subject of these topics is bhakti. And bhakti is sweet nectar. The goal is prema because by prema one can taste the sweetness of bhakti ras. The phrase, quote, it gives bliss for the devotees, which is that um, asat... Saram Ananditam. Mrita Amritanandita Satsaram. Means that the devotees experience prema. By the use of the use of the words nectar and devatas, the Bhagavatam is giving nectar to the devotees as indicated. By this the scripture's nature as Mohini is indicated, since she's famous for giving nectar to the devatas. With the movements of her brow to the devotees who know her identity, unseen by others, she says, quote, appearing in this way, 
I must be favorable to you. Cheat in the demons, I will give you nectar. By moving her eyebrows at the demons who did not know her identity, she says clearly, by my appearance you shall gain victory. Giving you nectar is a secondary affair. The main thing is that I will constantly give you astonishing bliss while you remain householders. I will first serve the nectar to the the lowly devatas. Everybody knows this pastime where Mohini cheated the demons. And the demons, uh, it says the devatas, they they weren't becoming lusty and bewildered by her appearance. It was only the demons. Similarly, in the Bhagavatam, in half a verse, speaking of giving the devotees nectar of his pastimes, indicates the goal of the Bhagavatam. But the Lord has also said, Parokshavad, Rishaya, Paroksham, Mama Chapriyam. This is a very famous verse, Parokshavad. The Vedic seers and mantras deal in esoteric, esoteric terms, and I'm also pleased by such confidential descriptions. So what that means in plain English is that many of the verses have very hidden meanings. Parokshavad, Rishaya Paroksham, Mama Chapriyam. And Krishna likes like these tricky verses that have hidden meanings inside. And he appreciates that. Actually, Prabhupada, had, there's a translation Prabhupada has that's different from the other translations, but the, it, it, this translation also alludes to other verses. That um, So it is um, Bhagavad Gita, I think it is 10.11 or 10.10, no, 10.9. Um, 10.9, let's see. Machchitta matskatha prana bhudaya parasparam bhudaya parasparam katayantashchachamam nityam tushantichara So here, the translation. The thought, my, the thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me. Their lives are fully devoted to my service. So just this first sentence, the thoughts of my pure devotees Dwell in me. What does that mean? So the general translation and the way you could read that is my devotees, their thoughts dwell in me. They think of me. But you could just read it another way. You could say the thoughts of my devotees Dwell in me. I'm always thinking of my pure devotees. Which is other, there's another verse that, in the Bhagavatam that states this. Now if you look at, uh, the translations by different acharyas, it doesn't have this style of translation. But it's cool, because it's like Baruch Shavad, little hidden message there. That my devotees, uh, always thinking of me. But the, here, here is the translation, you can see it. He's always thinking of his devotee. Like Krishna says, um, um, According how someone worships me, I worship them. I, my thoughts dwell in them. Okay. 
It says right there, my thoughts and my pure devotees dwell in me. And so the, you, the English, you could take it both ways. Thoughts of my pure devotees, uh, thoughts of my pure devotees, uh, they're, they're all, th- their thoughts are always dwelling in him and me. You know? But you could, you could look at that, ver- that sentence and kind of flip it around. It seems, as far as I, I understand English, it looks like it could go both ways. You know? so, it seems like the Parokshava Rishaya, Paroksham, yeah. Having said what was unnoticed by most people, he speaks another subject for the goal of the person who does not know the Lord, but thinks he knows Scripture. It is the essence of all Vedantas, which is oneness with Brahman, an object with no duality. The work has Brahman as its subject, Nishtam, and merging as in Brahman as its main goal. Some people explain the verse as follows. Because this scripture speaks of both bhakti and jnana, after speaking the subject and goal of bhakti and prema, the work then speaks of jnana and merging as the subject and goal. Brahman is the subject. This work has as its as its goal merging kalivalyam as its one goal others explain as follows at the beginning of this work it's understood from the second verse that bhakti is the subject with the words dharma prohijita kaitavatra and from the same verse the words sadayo shida avarudhyate atrakriti bihi understood that prema is the goal Thus, by the predominance of bhakti over jnana and liberation, its goal in the whole work, bhakti is indicated as the main subject and prema is its goal. There is also necessary to give an esoteric meaning to the verse so it becomes suitable for the devotees. In this matter, Mohini's appearance to both parties. The meaning tan nishtam is as follows. This work remains tam, or this work remains having given up Brahman and merging. This work has its only goal, the mood of exclusive devotion, devoid of jnana, karma, and swargam. So just like Lord Chaitanya, he is predicted, there's hundreds of verses predicting Lord Chaitanya. But prior to Lord Chaitanya's appearance, if you read those verses, you wouldn't actually pick it out that this is predicting uh, his appearance. It was written in such a way that no one could go around and say, I'm the next avatar and hear the verses because it just, it only became clear and apparent after he appeared. It was a mystery. Because I said if it was written in very, uh, non-mysterious ways. And there's verse, there's a hundred verses with the, Lord Chaitanya's name, his mother's name, his father's name, uh, his, uh, Vishwambar, Chaitanya, so many different names, uh, Brahman, uh, he's a Brahmana, he's preaching, all these descriptions are there of Lord Chaitanya. And so many verses in Upanishads, Mahabharat, Bhagavatam, all over the place. 
But if it was written in a way that wasn't mysterious, then people could just advertise themselves as the, the avatar of Chaitanya. You know, anybody 800 years ago, 700 years ago, 500 years ago, they could just come and advertise themselves. So he made it in such a way that it wouldn't become uh, apparent direct, uh, com- uh, immediately. So in the same way, the, the, there's the, 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 the reference to Mohini. Mohini gave something to the, you know, she, she tricked the demons and they didn't get what, what, what was the highest, the Amrita. They just got to look at her. <laughs> and the demigods got the Amrita, the nectar. And so similarly, this verse, he says that there's a, the other meaning one can see, oh, can kind of, kind of pull out of a more impersonal side, twist to the verse. Um, because those who are impersonalists are being cheated by the verse, just like Mohini is cheating. <laughs> They're not, they're, they're, there's a more deeper side, Parokshavat, there's a hidden side to it. So, I'll stop here after if there are any reflections, comments or questions. Well and there's some there there are some nice verses here. Um so Prabhupada here hold on Ramanuja should come up. Okay, so this is Prabhupada's purport. Um, the question is, what if your mind is flickering at the time of death? You know, yam vapi smaram bhavam. You know, whatever you're thinking at the time of death, that's where you're gonna go. Um, and then, but what if, what if you're like, what if you're in a situation that seems like you weren't able to remember Krishna or, or, or uh, dementia, or so many different things, are uh, you know instant kind of um, you know death. So Prabhupada, this is Prabhupada right here. Instead of allowing one to forget one's real position, Krishna can revive one's original identity at the time of one's death, even though the mind may be flickering. So it's not a, it's not like your strength, your mental strength. It's 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 Krishna's reciprocation. Even though the main mind, mind will work imperfectly at the time of death, Krishna gives a devotee shelter at his lotus feet. So it's not like, you know, you're going to force Krishna in your mind. No, he's going to appear in your mind in reciprocation of your, your affection that you've offered. Therefore, if, when a devotee gives up his body, his mind does not take him to another material body. So, this was, uh, Ramanuja had a, was, so this is a story of Ramanuja. Ramanuja is the Acharya of the Sri Sampradaya. He just had his thousand year anniversary last year. Um, so this is from that book. The next day, Kanchipura arose and set off to return to Kanchi. When Ramanuja heard of his return, he went to visit his friend. The two devotees felt great pleasure in regaining one's association after a long period of time. They had been talking for several hours. Ramanuja fully revealed his mind. 
Since I left the school of Yadav Prakash, she told him, I have continued to study scriptures alone, but there are certain points I cannot understand. And this is causing me, causing a great disturbance to my mind. Please beg the Lord to enlighten me. So he's asking this, um, devotee. He's, he's telling him, beg, you know, pray to the Lord so he can help me. For I know Sri Varadraj will never deny any request that comes from your lips. Kanchipurna agreed and Ram, to Ramanuja's request. The next day, when the young Brahmana came to visit him, he spoke very confidentially. So he prayed. His, he told his friend that, that I have some doubts. Pray to the Lord. The next day, his friend comes back, comes back. And he said, the Lord told me the answer to your doubts. Now, the guy didn't even know the questions. <laughs> now, he's just given like the, the answer sheet. He doesn't even know like what was the question. But he's got the, he's got the answer sheet. <laughs> Last night, Lord Varadaraj spoke to me. And he told me to reveal you the following six truths to you. There are four verses that the Lord spoke to me. Ahameva param brahma jagat karna karanam shetra shetya gyaeshwaro bheda siddhaeva hatmate mokshopayo nyasa eva janam muktim michetam madbhaktanam jananam cha nanta asmita ishyate deha vasane bhaktanam dadhami parampadam Purnachara Mahatmanam Samashraya Gunashrayam Itishama Ramanandacharya Mayoktam Vadasatvaram. So here's the answer to the unknown questions. Firstly, I am the Supreme Brahman. Or if you're in Iskan, you say Brahman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but there's no long A there. Just to let everybody know it's Brahman. Firstly, I am the supreme Brahman, the cause of material nature, from which this universe has come into being. Second, the separate existence of the jiva souls and the supreme Lord is an eternal truth. Third, surrendering to the lotus feet of the supreme Lord is the only true path of those who desire liberation. Fourth, Devotees will certainly be liberated, liberated, even if by chance they fail to remember me at the time of death. Fifth, as soon as my devotees give up their present bodies, I bring them to my supreme abode. Six, you should immediately accept shelter of Mahatma Mapurna. The rest of are all good qualities. These are my instructions for Ramanuja. So he told him who his guru was also. So when Ramanuja heard these words, he began to dance in ecstasy. He had not revealed his six doubts even to Kanchipurna. But now the Lord has supplied the answers to all of them. Having offered obeisance to Sri Varadaraja and to Kanchipurna, he returned home and prepared to depart to Sri Rangam. There he hoped to find Mahapurna, 
one of Yamunacharya's disciples and take initiation from him. So this is a verse, uh, summing up this, this is a verse from the Varaha Purana. Yadivatadi doshena madbhakto mama achasmarit ahamsmarami madbhakta nayami paramamgatim if my devotee is unable to remember me at the time of death because of disturbances felt within that body, within the body at that time, then I shall remember my devotee and take him back to my supreme abode. Varaha Purana. Hare Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Hare Krishna. Happy Akadashi. Yeah.